for me, maybe born in IT or born mm-hmm. in the cloud company or however you want to call it, you're thinking about, okay, if we could actually just buy a company and integrate within, let's say, normally it takes between 10 to 12 weeks, but what if you could make it a month mm-hmm. uh, yeah. or maybe two, three weeks because the data integration is done that fast and the cloud proposition makes it sure you can have the workplaces done quick. You could turn it the other way around. You can actually make your returns on an acquisition way quicker. Exactly. So I think if, well, traditional companies and, for example, Polvo can really use IT more to grow faster. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the, another episode of the IT Standard Podcast. So today in the show, we have Ronnie from Polvo. Hello, Ronnie. How are you? Good, good. How are you, Arno? Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for joining this episode. I want to start with a, uh, with a stand-up. We have to do that every day, do that with the, uh, with the IT teams in, um, at SANA, also with the product teams. So yeah, what is your uh, priority of today? For today, this podcast actually, which is a good to do to talk about the big topics in IT. For next week, we have a couple ERP optimizations, BI optimizations to be done. So we'll be talking about that with the team next week. Okay. Any um, hurdles or obstacles today? Uh, no, actually, it's uh, sliding in through the weekend, which is good. Ah, nice. Yeah, it's, almost, it's a Friday today, so almost weekend. That's always nice, right? Yeah, so my top priority for today is, besides also, of course, of this podcast, I'm also preparing a program for a uh, sales meetup, which we are planning in the summer, and uh, to check what uh, what we want to gonna share from a product perspective. And any hurdles? Yeah, I had a nice demo meeting planned, actually, with one of my team members, but I had to replace it because of a private appointment but now he has one more day to finalize it uh, or to uh, prepare it for monday so i think he so will be, happy. be better yeah he will be happy he will be happy so do you have any um, kpis you're reporting on or you're following on a day-to-day basis yeah we have uh, also a service desking internally so we have to check how many inbound tickets are there how many problems are there and if, if there's any significant issues that arise if we can have to prioritize or not but Today, it's smooth sailing up to now. Okay. It's a dangerous thing to jinx it. But, yeah, uh, let's keep it that way. Let's keep it that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, one of the KPIs I'm, I'm following on a day-to-day basis is actually our, our cloud spend or Azure spend, because maybe you know that can grow rapidly if something goes wrong. So of course, everything is in control with budgets and so on. But for today, the uh, it's uh, for internal purposes, the IT spend is 4,373 euros for this month so far. So, and that is on budget. So uh, I'm also happy there that there are no surprises this morning. And how is it done? Uh, just curious, because yeah, it's sure. a global company. How do you check the KPI? Because you wake up and then already 16 hours have passed from, I think it's the US and Asia. Yeah, or let's, yeah, of course, they started already uh, earlier. Yeah. So there's a little bit lagging KPI in that sense, right? Also reporting, uh, we are using Azure and the reporting is also a couple of hours older, but that's at least it's always better to, to stop it at after some hours or two uh, to to see if there's something going on so it's not near it's not real time but close enough close enough for us to sail the ship let's say so and uh, keep it under control but yeah you're right sometimes you can um, you should not be how to say it forget to watch it for uh, for a couple of weeks or something that can be dangerous <laughs> yeah. uh, or a couple of days so that's why we have multiple people looking at it but also not only looking at it there's also alerts and uh, and other mechanisms in place uh, a lot of different preventing modes because, yeah, otherwise you can run out of budget really quickly. So any good news to share um, of yesterday or 
past week, uh, Ronnie? A couple of weeks ago, we implemented uh, Office 365 for comp- for the whole company, which is uh, really good. Uh, we're working on an offsite disaster recovery, which is going live. Well, it, it went live, but the documentation is lagging a bit, but okay. that's good to do. So yeah, th- those are two big projects that are coming. And we're making big progress on our Power BI reports for the commercial department. Mm-hmm. So that's good for the for the next couple of weeks. Sounds, sounds like a couple of busy weeks you had and a nice milestones, right? You can be proud of that as a, as a team to accomplish it all. And great that you are uh, yeah, migrating everything, at least from Dynamics 365, off to, uh, to the cloud as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good news from my side. Yeah, yesterday I had my monthly meeting with the, uh, with the team. It was nice to do that in person again. We had a full house. So, and also had a team dinner yesterday evening. So that was, uh, that was nice. And uh, yeah, we are, we are having, we are following a rhythm. Maybe we can do a podcast later, there, later time about it. But uh, yeah, we are following scaling up, for example, as a methodology. Of course, also Scrum and Agile we are, we are following, but this is really part of the scaling up methodology. And then you have, uh, yeah, like a meeting rhythm is really important. So yesterday we had our monthly meeting, which was uh, really cool. But that's for another episode. So Ronnie, because I can really not wait and probably our listeners as well. Can you please explain to our listeners what your role exactly entails at Polvo? So I'm Ronnie Hollemans, working at Polvo for almost 12 years now. And the last five years is as, uh, well, yeah, almost five years is as uh, head of IT and uh, data management. So the IT team exists of seven full-time employees and uh, usually two interns mm-hmm. and some um, some people that work on a, a zero-hour contract. So I can, uh, when necessary, we can call on them. And it has application management, system sysadmin, of course. We have a business analyst. We have service desking. So it's a, it's a wide range of teams. And then we have a hybrid team. So if we need to hire engineers, for example, for development, we do that externally. We have, uh, for the Office 365 deployment, we had external engineers. So for very specific knowledge, we'll hire engineers. On a, uh, usually on a project basis. And the data management teams keeps ERP data how do you say it? In shape, yeah. So basically the pricing, which is very important now, of course, the, the price changes every day almost of uh, uh, of basic resources. So uh, there's a lot of price changes for us. And then also the additional information like the sizes of products, you name it, uh, is um, filled into the, the, the ERP system, which is then used on the website. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty uh, broad and, and, and um, a decent team, right? And also different aspects, not only about, you know, the, the workplaces and so on, but also the data management section also under your wings, which is uh, really just cool. And uh, yeah, definitely we're going to mo- talk more about that today. So, but I'm curious what, what got you in IT uh, in the first place? So how did you get get so far? Well, when I was younger, around like 10, 12, I was, I was into online gaming. Uh, oh, and yeah. usually when you're into online gaming, you're busy with computer stuff anyway, configuring your PC to have the, the, the best performance. Playing World of Warcraft, you might know it, but yeah, I didn't play it, but I like <laughs> I like other computer games. But and then uh, at the end of my teens, I after my half o, I went to do uh, computer science. I did quit after two years, but yeah, everyone makes mistakes. <laughs> but basically, from gaming into computers into uh, computer science, and um, then you finally came back to uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I get uh, it. Right, and just the the technical innovation is really interesting because. I think it can change uh, the world for the better. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's automating things or using technology and innovation is also yeah, it's a very interesting topic. And um, I hear it all the time and talking to to people like you. And that is and that is of course all what we uh, what, what connects us, right? So yeah. But before we go more in depth, maybe also a little bit more about Polvo. 
makes it unique or what are you selling or what type of customers, whatever you want to share. Polvo is a wholesale company in uh, building products. They specialize in ironmongery. So that will be your doorknob on the door, your cylinder, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. We have 53 stores in the Netherlands, I think, and 580 employees. And basically we help contractors uh, with uh, their projects and the products they need uh, for a certain project. And it can be the, the small contractor with maybe one, two, three to five employees or the high months or bums, the big Dutch builders. Yeah, And it can be small projects, it can be whole hospitals, and uh, it has a big range of uh, specializations internally and a lot of products. I think that was the, uh, we have 40,000 different products on stock in our distribution center in uh, Zevenbergen mm-hmm. and around 300,000 products that are in the ERP that also maintain price-wise, etc. Yeah, so that are sellable, let's say so. I think around 30,000 clients. So it's a big range of wow. clients from small to huge. So yeah. You're a B2B company, but maybe you're also doing B2C, right? Uh, yeah, we do do B2C, but it's only only 10% of the the, 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 re- the total revenue. And uh, yeah, we're considered B2B and very traditional. Yeah, very traditional market. Yeah, let, we will cover the topic also a little bit later on today. Okay, so yeah, you explained already a little bit about your department, uh, the different areas that you have. It's not only about yeah, maintaining workplaces or maintaining the um, ERP systems or different systems of record of other systems you have in your landscape. It's also data management. So a lot of different, let's say, disciplines uh, quite... Uh, but yeah, I think yeah, what you mentioned, so nine people on um, on 580 employees, I think that's a nice nice balance and to other, let's say, benchmarks that are there. So that's pretty okay. And besides of that, you are, yeah, how, how is it about, you know, attracting talent or finding, um, making sure that you're, yeah, you have enough people in your teams to, to do your job? How, how is it nowadays? Do you uh, have any troubles or is it okay? In general, in the Netherlands, the unemployment rate is very uh, low. It's like in January, it was 3.6%, I think. And it's a tough market out there if you are growing very fast. Uh, Polvo is growing, but it's not going at a pace where I'm constantly worried if we can fill the next uh, vacancy. And uh, Polvo is a very informal company. Like It has a very uh, warm family culture. So once we have someone, usually he or she stays for a long time. We have... People working for well in the IT team, there's a bit younger people, but mainly the the the, the knowledgeable people are working there for 20, 30, or forty years. So oh, wow. once they're in, they're in. So that's <laughs> very good for for yeah. for Polvo. But if if I had to uh, hire, let's say, five people in the next two months, it would be very difficult because because the market is just not there. And but luckily, with the hybrid teams we have, so if we need more development, we can scale up with our uh, with our partners. For example, Sana or HSO or other partners where we need to scale the the development done. Yeah, and, uh, and at the moment, the yeah. pace of growth of the company is not going that fast. That we need more uh, resources kind of manageable now but it's good that you have this flexible layer layer as well and that was interesting yeah that's uh, i think always a great tip i think in previous podcast also somebody mentioned that that say yeah of course it's good to have your own people right and of course you want to have your own team uh but that's flexible part or knowledgeable uh or specialist that can also really help because yeah why invent everything by yourself um it's better to hire somebody maybe for a certain Specialized job, you right? You were saying the, um, uh, the the IT team is not uh, well, uh, seven to nine, seven to ten people ish. It's impossible. So with all the developments nowadays in in different fields, to have all the knowledge in those ten people, because mm-hmm. 
you were mentioning Azure versus uh, maybe versus on-prem where yep. the cloud specialist, it's definitely not the on-prem specialist. So even in the, the same ball game on infrastructure, you need maybe two, three, four people to know everything. So without the hybrid layer, it would be, you need maybe double the amount of people to cover all the aspects. Understood. Yeah, understood. All right. Yeah. So speaking to IT leaders of other B2B companies, transition to software as a service is, is a, is a high priority, right? Or move to the cloud, maybe. It's, I, I'm always combining these terms. Uh, cloud maybe in general is something different because it can also be without that the software is not as SaaS, but they're just hosted in a different way. But how is that at Polvo? So I think you mentioned, uh, you spoke earlier, but you mentioned you have, I think, around 120 different VMs or servers and maybe even more applications, but maybe elaborate a little bit about that. We're still uh, mostly on-prem. The Office 365 is the first move that is into the cloud. And I think it depends a lot on the growth of the company, just in in size in general, but then also maybe in location. So Polvo is only in the Netherlands. But if like, for example, Sana, you're working globally and you're opening a center in the middle of Asia suddenly, then it's very nice to have the, 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 the cloud proposition. But for Polvo, the cloud proposition is there. So mm-hmm. if we would grow and we would acquire, that's something we do as well. We acquire yeah, other companies other and companies. integrate them. Mm-hmm. If that would go a bit faster, the cloud proposition would be very interesting. At the moment, the growth is it's there, but not fast enough for the, the cloud proposition to work. But I think if it could also be the other way around. That's what I'm finding interesting. You could also turn it the other way around. If your data integration and cloud proposition is there, you can easier integrate the new company. A little bit like chicken and the egg, right? What do yeah, you do exactly. First? Yeah. So at the moment for Polvo, it's not there, but it could be there. And it's very interesting to, uh, if it could be IT driven, that would be very interesting. And, and why so? Why is it so uh, interesting to be IT driven? As I said, Polvo is a very traditional company. So buying the company, integrating other companies, it's, it's, Mainly with all the leadership, they don't think in, yeah, they do think IT is important. But if you don't know the, all the mechanics that could actually work for you, you might not use them as in the way they could. And for me, maybe born in IT or born in the cloud company or however you want to call it, you're thinking about, okay, if we could actually just integrate, buy a company and integrate within, let's say, normally it takes between 10 to 12 weeks, but what if you could make it a month? or maybe two, three weeks because the data integration is done that fast and the cloud proposition makes it sure you can have the workplaces done quick. You could turn it the other way around. You can actually make your returns on an acquisition way quicker. So I think if, well, traditional companies and for example, Polvo can really use IT more to to grow faster. Yeah, so let's say, and I think you're a great example of that, or at least there is a big mission still uh, to, to evangelize more like IT leaders like us, just not, not only solving, let's say, tickets or issues or wishes from the business saying, okay, yeah, now we need to do this and now we need to do that. Now, I think it's our duty to share what's possible and that, that there is another world out there that can be done you know, quicker, better, maybe more safe, uh, but that traditional companies, yeah, uh, sometimes with all the knowledge they have said, nah, that will not work for us or we're not that kind of company. Always these excuses, you know, from the stakeholders and that's, that's hard, but I think that is that is something we need to do, right? And instead of just, you know, issue solvers or just implementing project after project, we should be more like business navigators or inspiration to these people and say, hey, there's another way, uh, which is much more beneficial probably for companies like um, 
or these traditional B2B companies, right? To do things more efficiently. Yeah, I do agree. But I think the, the, the main issue there is just the knowledge on the, on the, the possibilities. So if you don't know, you're not going to use it the way it could. Yeah. And I think the, the valid point here f- that you just said, uh, IT is not just uh, ticket solving or having uh, doing just doing ERP implementation. or Exactly. If, I think mainly it's a knowledge gap that is a problem, but a generational gap maybe, or both. And it's very difficult to to get the knowledge out there to they, they do see the companies that are growing really fast and maybe facebook or different companies yeah we're not you were just saying it we're not like them we, we, can, mm. we can't do that yeah. i think that's mainly the the lack of knowledge yeah and it's maybe a bit of a f- fear as well because if you're going to use something you don't know that well what if the company uh, g- gets out of your grasp or like i think those are factors that weigh into it yeah and, and how are you let's say practically dealing with this are you what are you trying to do to solve this? Just keep repeating the possibilities and just try to convince current leadership within mm-hmm. the company or with partner companies that we can that we can change and that we can change for the for the better. Actually, that we can optimize things and it's not the goal to uh, have less employees. It's to, the goal to work efficiently to grow yes. faster. Yeah. So. I would say that, pe- but that people are afraid of their jobs and livelihood. I can imagine that. I do understand. But if you don't do it, there might not be a company in 10 years. That's what yes. I think. But yeah. it's, 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 a bitty, it's a bit rechargeert. So it's a yeah, bit... Balanced. Uh, so yeah, I understand what you're saying. So in that sense, what I also always try to explain to other, other B2B companies, yeah, if you are not doing it, probably your competitor will try to jump into that you know, hole or just to say, hey, okay, I'm, I'm going to step in here and, and they will eventually maybe have a better position then. the funny thing is they do recognize that there's disruptors out there mm-hmm. and they can name the qualities of those disruptors uh-huh. so they do see it yeah and then they're saying that ah, but we're not like that i'm like yeah but you can see what's happening and of course i do understand that if you suddenly do do like that and make uh, you're the only wholesaler in the construction industry that's doing a cloud propositions to your customers yes i do understand you don't have to change tomorrow but if you don't make the shift you might not have the employees that have the knowledge in 10 to 15 years from now. Yeah. yeah and, and I think another aspect of this, what you mentioned before was the, um, it's also, especially in B2B wholesale, I think in, in the business that Paul was in, it's, it's a lot about uh, the knowledge which is existing at the people that are already there for 20, 30, maybe even 40 years, right? And yeah, how to translate that to, or make it more scalable or to, Move that online. That is also something difficult. Right? That's a very interesting topic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually, well, you know, I'm doing my thesis on that. Exactly. The the knowledge management within our company. There's, as you said, people with 20, 30, 40 years of experience, and within now and 10 years, 20% of our company is retiring, or the employees are retiring, and the knowledge they're leaving with is not taken care of in a way that that it's reproducible and scalable so if let's say 10 people with 40 years of experience leave tomorrow they're gone the knowledge is gone there and of course they they have transferred in a way to uh, younger employees but it's the, the 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 wide yeah the fast knowledge they have is not saved in a way that's reproducible and i think it could be if we could use their knowledge quicker and lay a foundation for, let's say, conversational commerce, because the, the questions and answers are done on a daily basis. There's it's a thousand times a day. It's a customer who has a problem. We are solving it and uh, we're giving the product, the right product they need for their problem they have. 
So the problem solving is done every day. And yeah. if we can record that problem solving in a way that's reproducible, um, I think you will have gold in hand. And that's why I find it a very interesting topic. And you reuse it via any kind of B2B conversational solution or choice-driven content or, well, there's multiple ways you could do go about it. So that you're currently investigating or do, yeah, you said, yeah, then you have golden hands, but probably you're still in the process to figure out how, how to achieve that. Well, I must say presenting it like this towards the current leadership, they were very enthusiastic about, okay, if we could find how to uh, record it, we'll definitely listen to what you have to say. So that's why I'm very enthusiastic about it as well. But yeah, I've interviewed, um, I think, 16 colleagues about it and it, finalizing the thesis. And then the recommendation would be um, something like a learning management system, a framework which you could, where you could record these questions answered the problem solving. Those are the things I'm thinking about. Interesting, interesting issues. And especially because yeah, there are people already that long in the company for us. I think the average time in 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 IT company like us is a little yeah. a little shorter, uh, yeah. so we have we have other problems around that, so that we actually need to capture it even maybe faster and and make it more other people on board really quickly because yeah, but I think many companies, not only traditional B two B wholesalers, for example, have this exactly issue. the same. Yeah, I the, agree. The knowledge intensity of a company it's increasing, so the knowledge you have or the or the well the the the. Uh, not so nice way to say is your human capital is getting yeah. is so important. Yeah. So if you well you for example have constant change in mm-hmm. personnel, but you the, the knowledge that is there in the company needs to be saved in a way where someone new comes in, he exactly. can he or she can quickly get up to speed and go. And uh, so it, the, the value of something like this isn't just for traditional companies. No, true. In my no, of course, and we also have learning management system and so on. Uh, we're trying to use it more and more. But cool. yeah, if you can even automate it more, uh, that would be uh, that would be, would be awesome for you for the future. But maybe that's for another for another podcast series or another <laughs> podcast episode after your thesis. But uh, anyway, very interesting topic. All right, let's make a small still about information or I think more on, on the business that you're doing. So yeah, the you're selling for uh, construction materials, everything what contractor needs to um, uh, and it can range from very big ones to hospitals that you mentioned or even very small contractors so yeah that knowledge is one part but you also have product information that you need to you know keep up to date you, ha- you t- were talking about pricing can you just elaborate a little bit let's say how the how the landscape is and how you are solving all that complexity around uh, B2B e-commerce um, at Polvo? Yeah, I wish I was solving everything already, but uh, there's the, the, there's hurl, uh, definitely hurdles here. But the basics now, what's, what is happening a lot is the because of the supply chain problems in the world that are there, there, there's constant price changes. So usually, or usually in the last 10 years or so, it was very common to have one supplier changing their prices once a year. Okay. And now it's every month. Oh, wow. So in ironmongery, for example, doorknobs, they're made of, aluminium yeah. or stuff like that and if the the resource price goes up the, the end product price goes up which is logical so mm-hmm. we have constant price changes which are done so uh, in this case the sana web shop uh, has a real-time pricing so if a customer logs in they see the real-time price so if we as a data management team are on time with the price changes uh, they we we don't le- lose the margin basically mm-hmm which is the goal for a commercial company. And on product information management, there is still a long way to go. We do have a data pool with EasyBase that has some of the information that is that, 
that is there. And so the product attributes, the, the commercial description, the image, stuff like that, those are in place. But I think the where we can improve a lot is the choice-driven content. So mm-hmm. a customer doesn't say, I need that specific product. He says, I have this problem. And then some as the sales employees, you need to figure out, okay, he needs a couple of these products to actually fix his issue. So for example, uh, if you're doing your roof, you need some kind of... Um, bitumen i'm not sure about the english words mm-hmm. but you need some kind of glue yeah, yeah. some kind of thing that is a layer in your roof but it can be different products and it can be how big is your roof how wide is it how much other stuff is on it so there's questions that need to be asked before you can have the right products for the right application and, and I, that that's the difficulty but yeah that, that would be something that we can focus on in the next year so how mm-hmm. can we position the products in a way online that our customers can actually with just a few clicks as well have the right products okay yeah no of course and and and, and do you have already any ideas about it so have, of course you have now easy base maybe for the listeners or people watching that is a uh, data supplier actually mostly for the construction materials uh, industry right all the um, different brands are there and they are uh, then you get already some product information prepared etc but maybe and product information management system because you, you know, we're talking about 350,000 products that you're maintaining. Yeah, that's that's quite a, quite a huge amount. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, uh, we're definitely looking into a product information management system, but not just for the product data itself. No. But as I said, the choice also for the content. Choices. You yeah. need to. Well, Cool Blue is a perfect example that might not have the same product, but the choose your laptop thing. That's, that's awesome. uh, what you need. Mm. And I'm sure they're looking into conversational commerce as well. Basically, uh, you don't want to replace your sales employee, but you want to strengthen what they already know. And you can do that with both conversational commerce and choice-driven content. If you can combine those, I think you will have a great solution for B2B. Well, at least for construction wholesalers. And I'm, my knowledge on the rest of the industry is not that big, but I'm sure there are possibilities there as well. All right. And you mentioned um, about all these price changes that is so frequently happening because of, I think, yeah, research shortages. And that's, of course, being triggered with, I think, yeah, the pandemic, maybe also now the um, the war going on in Ukraine. There's a lot of things happening in the world, which is affecting different things or side effects and, and especially yeah, resource shortages, price changing all the time. And you are, yeah, and, and, and you just mentioned, yeah, with Sana, you're, you're doing these changes in the ERP or you're getting these needed price updates from the suppliers, not only yearly anymore, but now maybe on a weekly basis even, uh, which is, of course, uh, yeah, that, that is, I think, a lot of work in that sense. And with Sana, that is automatically being um, um, triggered or used. Uh, so it's, you do not need to do any manual uh, things there. But you also have other, other products in place, right? Or let's say other channels that you are doing for example you also have a b2c store i i i remember and yeah can you explain the differences in the process how to you know get the actual prices uh, in in the different systems yeah so as you mentioned uh, we do have a b2b a b2c shop as well mm-hmm. which is on magento and currently the there's no api to the to our erp so there's a a, a small data management process uh, going into that as well so instead of having daily updates i think every couple of weeks the prices are updated on the b2c shop which is of course a risk because if you're in week one and the price changes that is very big and in week three you're gonna change it you might have lost some margin there and i can imagine that team is changing those manually but the the, the automatic process is not in place and the difference with then the b2b polvo shop which is the sauna shop basically because the changes are done well, every day now in the, the, the ERP, the 
prices for the customers change in the ERP. So we have an automatic system within the ERP. If the, the procurement prices go up, the sales price goes up as well, except for some customers. But basically, if a client logs in, he sees the price that is currently in the ERP. So there, there's no discrepancy between what is going on for us and the customer. Okay, and, and what what is that effect for you on your on your department that it is happening so so automatically? Is it um, how is it helping your department? Well, I think before 2015 we had a web shop that did automatic price changes as well, but then with big data files that were sent to an SFTP, there were big processes behind it, and let's just say it was not always optimal. And now Sana uses a web service that is just firing a, a request and gets the answer with uh, with the price of the customer. So in that sense, it's more rigid. Yeah, more rigid and less, less time consuming then hopefully. Yes, also less time consuming because you don't have to do data management for pricing in three or four places. Yeah, really actual problems that are happening now that can be solved uh, yeah, just making integration better between systems, right? I always try to evangelize that not only for Sana, but just it's it's every time and so inspiring that um, that there are so many products or different systems that you spend so much time just to make them work together or that it is sometimes even still not possible you need to do a lot of automation and and yeah you still then a lot of manual work is there right and that can be optimized because i believe you have better things to do yeah and there's still a long way to go the pricing mm-hmm. is automated but you the um... Uh, we were talking about no code, low code yesterday as well for uh, for a short bit, and mm-hmm. that's very interesting uh, to automate certain processes. But even within that, there's a long way to go to have the people that actually know a lot of stuff have them do work that adds value instead of just doing their own admin. Yes, and if if in every step of the way you can add value, it adds value to the customer as well instead of just doing yeah admin or in uh, lean terms, it's waste. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's the other way how to angle how to how to look at these kind of things. All right, yeah, getting a little bit more to the end. So imagine that you're the CEO of the company, Ronnie. Maybe it happens one time. You never know. You never so, know. Um, so when you wake up, what would be the first thing you do? I would. Well, you can't change a company like that in one day. I think, and the change processes are hard, but I think change is needed for to still exist in fifteen, twenty years from now. So if you want to do certain things that well, you were talking about SaaS solutions or a cloud uh, proposition. If you want to do that, you need to start small and at least start the small projects. So later you can have the shifts and flexibilities to change to the things that are happening in the world. You were mentioning the war, you were mentioning the supply chain, or we were mentioning the supply chain problems. Things will happen in the world. And the more flexible you are, the more ready you are for any future that might come. So I would implement things that would make you more flexible to changes that are happening. And have the knowledge in place or processes in place to get the knowledge up to speed for employees that are coming in. Implementing the findings of after your thesis or your investigation. That would be knowledge management. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. Basically. Definitely. So yeah, maybe to 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 finalize. So do we have any any tips for IT managers that are listening, specialists? Um just don't gen- give up. <laughs> don't give up. Yeah. The change will come. I think that's the the, the main thing. Uh, the, the world is changing, especially in West Europe. There is not enough people to do the work. If we want to have pay for the retirements of the the the, the people before us, we need to in some way do the same work with less people. So I think automation is the key for that. Yeah. So I think that is a very good point to um, to conclude this conversation. Is that uh, we need to keep investing in automation. We need to yeah sometimes step a little bit out of our comfort zone, try to 
convinced our stakeholders that maybe, huh, of course, made their companies really big with, with the knowledge and, and the traditions that they had. But yeah, if you want to stay relevant, if you want to stay competitive, and if you just maybe more on a higher level want to make sure that we can do the same amount of work with less people because they were simply will be less, then yeah, then we need to, especially if we talk, for example, about the Netherlands, then we sh- yeah, simply need to... Um, get these things done otherwise we will be very 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 busy and uh, on one hand that is nice but not it should not be too much right so yeah and 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 the stakeholder management is in that in that sense a really important thing and secondly also what i I, th- I believe was really inspiring is how to capture that knowledge and uh, definitely i would like to invite you maybe for next time when you have done the thesis or maybe it's, it's not 100 it related but it's also about b2b or about just knowledge management in general, but I think it's a very interesting topic for for the for the listeners as well because uh, yeah, I think every company, big or small, is 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 generating actually knowledge, is, is creating knowledge, and if you have the the silver bullet to capture that in an automated way and make sure that people can or employees can onboard quicker or or even automate that huh, to uh, to have let's say conversational commerce for example, if we take it more from a B two B commerce angle. Then yeah, that's that's of course fantastic. So yeah, really cool um, investigation and um, yeah, really really nice to talk to you, um, uh, Ronnie. Thank you very very much for this. Um. Yeah, thank you as well. Thanks for the invite. It's uh, good to talk about IT and uh, yeah, hopefully. Well, Sana's are already changing it on a world scale, so that's good to see. But yeah, I think there's there's still a long way to go to um, well. Just I think it I think it makes people's lives better because exactly. you're not doing things you don't want to do. Exactly. A bit of the lazy way to look at it, but yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. Keep on um, automating the world, uh, integrating it, and make sure that we can spend our time more wisely. So, have a nice day and enjoy your weekend. Yeah, have a nice day. Okay. Enjoy your weekend as well. Okay, thank you, Ronnie.